0: Hey, welcome to The Scrum, WGBH's politics podcast. I'm Adam Riley, joined by my colleague Peter Kadzis. Peter, hello. Greetings and salutations. And we have a special guest here with us in the WGBH newsroom, Paul Singer, the investigations editor at WGBH News, but also a former sort of uh, muckety-muck in the world of Washington journalism. Singer, can you just tell people what they should know about this part of your resume?
1: Uh, Yeah, well, I used to have to order the pizza for all of the debate nights. Uh, I was the politics editor at USA Today for the past six years, or for the six years before I got here, so from 2012 to 2018. Did you – anchovies? Uh, If that was what was needed to keep the staff happy, I would do whatever. We
0: are recording this right after the second Democratic debate wrapped up. Uh, And basically, I just want you, Peter, and you, Singer, to give me your big takeaways on the past couple of nights. Peter, you and I have written about this online. Uh, Singer was editing those pieces for us. But I want to know what you are going to remember about these debates tomorrow and heading into next week. So, Peter Kadzis, let's start with you.
2: A very clear takeaway. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are too old to be president. Now, I don't expect them to drop out tomorrow. Um, heck, one of them might go on to win the nomination, but having watched tonight, it's really clear to me that they're both too old to be president. Bernie is just off in his own world. It's sort of cool to watch. Um, I mean, Larry David had him down pat on Saturday Night Live, but it doesn't matter what he's asked, he just gives his answer and um, he's Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden's a more complicated case. Um, I, I felt bad for him. I think he made a mistake running. Uh, by the way, he could still win the nomination. But um, though, that's my simple takeaway, that those two guys are too old
1: to be
0: president. Okay, Singer, what about you?
1: Yeah, my takeaways I think, one of the first is that we thought this was a too big a field for the democrats kind of a clown car of all this stuff going on how many people two nights 10 candidates a night but the fact of the matter is i think it actually worked for the democrats they will be able to narrow their field pretty quickly based on the results of of these two nights of debates i think there are going to be 10 candidates who are going to be no longer viable by labor day And then the Democrats will be down to a fairly manageable field where you'll remember that the Republicans towards the end of 2015 in uh, uh, the run up again to the 2016 presidential election, the Republicans were still trying to sort through 12, 13, 14, 15 candidates in October, November of that year. I think the Democrats could be down to fewer than a dozen uh, before we get back to school.
0: Who are you ready to I think you were saying, right, that the the question was who gets voted off the island yeah, heading into right, these. Yeah. That was your turn of phrase. Yeah. So based on tonight and last night, I know I'm not supposed to date the podcast, but who gets voted off the island after these debates?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's easy to dismiss some of the candidates who were sort of surprisingly in the race in the first place, like Tim Ryan of Ohio, I don't think needs to be there anymore. Uh, uh, I don't think Governor Jay Inslee from Washington did himself any favors during the whole time of this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm not impressed by Marianne Williamson. I don't think she did anything to make her seem to be a real presidential candidate. I don't think she had anything to bring to this debate. Uh, Andrew Yang, I think. I'm sorry, who? No, I'm just... Yeah, I got to say, I you know, I really I was really excited to see Andrew Yang. Uh, He was a candidate I knew very little about. I don't really do this politics stuff full-time anymore, so I hadn't paid much attention to him and what he was talking about. And I'd heard a lot of buzz about him online. I thought this was going to be a great opportunity, right? Let's see this guy. Does he really shine in this format? No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, the answer is pretty clear. Yeah. And then, for, you know, I think the other, the, the, then the next question is: the ones who won't drop out, but I think are clearly now uh, have the the tail uh, section of their airplane on fire, uh, are the Beto O'Rourke and 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 Joe Biden. Um, how long can they carry on in such wounded aircraft? Peter, you like that analogy, no, it's is not, that it,
0: an analogy or a metaphor? I don't, I'm not yeah. sure. It's, uh,
2: it's
1: a good line. Let's uh, <laughs>
0: let's <laughs> let's let,
2: let's let's leave it at that. It's a good line. Well, the difference is though is that. Um, Biden has a substantial standing in the polls. Mm-hmm. Let's, in, in, a, I say this not as a challenge and with no snark. Let's see where it is a week from tonight. Um, right. uh, y- yeah, I'm, I mean the the Yang wasn't even there for comic relief. I mean, I, I, you know, I was hoping that you know n- n- now that. Beto's so, sort of dead in the water. That I, I'd have a new guy to make fun of, but I'm really bummed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, no. we got to give him some I, of the mock. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I, I have to say Elizabeth Warren, who is really um, the most radical candidate in the field, is one of the strongest candidates. Um, Cory Booker, too, may be getting a second look. Um, The reason I say that is uh, uh, Kamala Harris may have scored big tonight, but she has also emerged as maybe the single most divisive person in the Democratic field. What do you you mean by that? Um, Cory Booker had his to-do with Joe Biden over the same turf, but— Harris, I think, was um, unconscionably unfair to Biden.
0: Can I get you to elaborate on that? Yeah, because sure. we, we were talking she, about that in the newsroom. So, what didn't you like about it? Because that exchange, by the way, politically, it seems pretty clear that she scored big. With she
2: that. scored big time. It was a great political move. Richard Nixon is clapping from wherever he is, saying, Go, girl, go she was perfectly Nixonian. She said, you are not a racist. And then she goes and treats Biden as if he was a racist. It was a thing of beauty. It was the one of the best pieces of dirty pool I've ever seen on network television.
0: Singer, did you think that she was as unfair to Biden in that exchange as Peter thinks she was?
1: Uh, no, but I also don't have as deep a background in the issues particularly uh, that Peter does uh, in this, particularly these issues of busing uh, that, that she was touching on. I, my, my view of that exchange is that um, it shoots her to the top of the list for the Democrats for a couple of reasons. And one is that the Democrats over the past couple of decades have loved the new exciting thing uh, and of all the candidates they've got, uh, uh, Kamala Harris is the, the newest exciting thing. Uh, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter uh, uh, was new and exciting. Bill Clinton was new and exciting. Uh, Barack Obama was new and exciting. Uh, and I think Kamala Harris grasped that mantle tonight and really ran with it. I, I don't uh, disagree with Peter that, that there was going to be some divisiveness about her, her uh, uh particularly her background as a prosecutor, uh, some of the things he, she has been uh, accused of being, whether fairly or unfairly, of being hostile towards people of faith uh, in some contexts. I, I think it was during the, uh, it was the Kavanaugh hearings, wasn't it? Um, that she was you know, making people very uncomfortable about some of her allegations about you know, the Catholics, essentially. Um, so I think, I think Peter's right, that there are some very touch, uh, hot button issues for her But I think those are going to be a bigger problem in the general election. Uh, I think the Democrats will find that they want a little bit of that fire, a little bit of that, maybe the ability to throw elbows in their candidate.
0: And I got to say, I, in the little write-up that we did for for GBH News, um, when Peter said he was going to be watching her tonight, that that she was the candidate he was most interested in observing, I kind of poo-pooed the idea because when I'd seen her in action before, I felt like she you know, her greatest skill was avoiding taking a firm stance on any issue that she was asked about. And she seems in the past few months to have grown a lot as a candidate, whether you think that, you know, what she did with Biden tonight was fair or not. she was. uh, I'm just saying she she she's showing some skills I didn't know she had.
2: Oh, yeah. I never doubted her skills. I mean, um, I shared your frustration when she would do the the, yes, we need to have a conversation about that. I mean, to me, it's also that, you know, happy hooey therapy speak that has infected politics. Um, It's a placeholder, that's all it is. And I'm an impatient person, so I don't like the placeholder. I know why politicians use them, and she's used them skillfully. Um, uh, No, she won hands down tonight. Um, in a way that was much more commanding than, say, Elizabeth Warren. Now, there's a school of thought that still holds that Elizabeth Warren's true time to have run was, you know, back in 2016, and mm-hmm. that she would have beaten Hillary Clinton. Um, again, Adam, you know I hate hypotheticals. Um, I can understand that, but... Um, Uh, I I can understand that thought. Um, She's doing all right so far. Oh, no, she's doing terrific. Um, Again, a week from now, it'll be very interesting to see um, where is Harris in the polls and where is um, uh, Warren in the polls. Now, we all know that polls don't matter until 300 days before the election. But they're all that we've got to yeah, keep track. Right. Money but, will be a big issue, too.
0: Singer, were you going to say something? If not, I have a, a Buttigieg question for you guys.
1: But Well, I, I, the Buttigieg question may be part of the, the, what I was thinking is that I, we also sit here on the basically the first day of the campaign, right? I mean, this is the first big national swing of of the presidential campaign, um, and, and we're— Starting to cast ahead, what we think might shape up into a race that still really has I mean, no one's going to pull. a good point. No one's going to pull a lever until January, and even then, it's you know in New Hampshire, which doesn't really necessarily tell us a whole lot about the finals. Um, but I think that it is it is worth asking this question about Buttigieg and and uh, Klobuchar and the Midwestern aspect of this race. Um, is you know, Kamala Harris is from uh, uh, California. Uh, uh, We have Elizabeth Warren, who, yes, she's from Oklahoma, but she lives in. She's of Cambridge. She's of Cambridge, right? (laughs) Yes, the whiff of leather-bound volumes comes off of her. (laughs) Um, You you have to, I think the Democratic Party has to be asking this question of, okay, so do we have a Midwestern leader? Do we have a Midwestern pitch? Do we have someone who can speak to the Midwestern uh, uh, Democrats, uh, the Rust Belt Democrats? Uh, And and maybe Buttigieg is there, and maybe uh, Klobuchar is there. I I wasn't swung by Buderjitsch, and I, I, I did find him to be a little bit, um, for most of the debate, a little bit dry, frankly. Not a lot of passion.
2: He's in way over his head. He's a smart guy. You know, he, he's in the idiom of my Dorchester youth a wicked smart guy. <laughs> But he's also like that kid in high school who, you know, builds up his resume, not in his case, I'm sure it's not phony, you know, he built up his resume to get into college. Ooh, he went to Harvard. I mean, look, I'm engaging in a little blue-collar Harvard bashing here. He's a bright guy. He's in over his head. Um, look at the way he handled um, the very nasty, very difficult situation of um, the, the 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 black guy shot by a white cop. Um, he wasn't at ease on the stage. By the way, he's a young guy. At first, I'm not. I wouldn't be at ease in the stage. Yeah. But uh, I mean, compare him to our own mayor Marty Walsh. Marty Walsh would have handled that better. Why? Walsh is older, more experienced. It, it it's 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 not an invidious comparison and um, some of our most dedicated listeners will remember that a a couple of weeks ago we did a a long interview with a guy who wrote a book um, about Obama's transition team and how even a guy as smart and sophisticated as Obama was hoodwinked, my word not his, by the, 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 the Wall Street-based economic advisors who had been attached to the Clintons who came in to advise him. Um, as soon as I read that book, um, what is it, um, uh, a, a Crisis Wasted. There you go. A Crisis Wasted. Um, I, I thought to myself, he, in Buttigieg was just beginning his ascent, I thought, this is why the guy shouldn't be elected he just doesn't have the experience um... and let's look at presidents who were young and didn't have the experience john kennedy um, barack obama bill clinton now i'm not saying you don't gain the experience but um... boy it's a pretty rotten world out there And look at what we got with you you know uh, el trumpo Um, his lack of experience, I mean, it's sort of a miracle he hasn't blown us all up. But well, he's still
0: got a few, a few Yeah, years, yeah. So.
1: You know, it's early. It's early still in the Trump presidency. If it's going to be a two-term presidency, then uh, we're still in the first quarter, uh, which is an interesting thought.
0: Well, let me close by asking you guys, I know this is sort of a, a hokey thing, but uh, in the world of sports, in the world of politics, sometimes in the world of entertainment, I believe, people like to do – power rankings, right? You know, who's up, who's down, who's who's in first place, who's who's fading away. So uh, if you would indulge me after these two debates, can you give me your 2020 Democratic Power rankings, maybe one, one through
1: five. Well, thank, thank you for for the fact that I ran the 2016 GOP power rankings for USA Today. Oh, I had no idea. Oh yeah, yeah Every is, every week we had, a, I had a, I had a thirty person a team uh, around the country, politics experts uh, filling out a survey for me every week, and we so did this, we did an actual power ranking because you are the kind of
0: person and journalist you are. This is probably based on. Data. reams of data yeah.
1: and uh. no no, no, no. It was, and by the way and donald trump was number one on that list from the time we started it in the summer of 2015 until the end of do we are you it, serious it was, yeah donald trump was number one or number two on that list the entire time oh, because all these political experts were seeing what we were missing in washington is was like hey this guy's got traction that's impressive real traction you're yeah, good people so, so now thank you for letting me uh, uh uh brag about my own power rankings i'm looking at the list here um Uh, My power rankings as of tonight um, are going to be Warren number one, I think, Um, Harris number two, Um, I guess I would give three to um, Booker, Eh, that seems like a reach for Booker. You know the question is, would someone like Joe Biden? Do you make him number three because he's falling not fast enough to right. get yeah. into five? Yeah. How much? How much do you make it about momentum, and how much do yeah. you make it
0: about absolute value? Or yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. But so you know, Biden will be up there somewhere in the top five, but not for very long, I don't think. Um, but I think Booker will be up there in the top five. Uh, uh, I'm going to put Julian Castro somewhere in 15 now, uh, on his way to seven or eight. Huh. So uh, momentum would be a five in his power rankings right now. No
0: Bernie Sanders in your top five?
1: Yeah, Bernie's just sort of hanging around the top five. I mean, I guess Bernie has neither momentum nor deceleration. Bernie is a permanent fixture in our political firmament for the next 18 months. He's not going to win, I don't think. But he is going to continue to be um, a Saturday Night Live fixture uh, and, and a fixture in our campaigns. And he'll be a top five guy sort of the same way auburn's always gonna be a top five even (laughs) if they never quite make it to the final
0: all right peter kadzis your 2020 democratic power rankings first edition the the
2: the the ranking as of the close of the debate and adam you promised to get this podcast out very quickly i'm gonna hold it to you i would say harris number one um uh warren number two i would put biden at number three because he's fallen um I would put um, Biden at no. I said Biden. Biden at three. Uh, Biden at three. I, I'd I'd put um, Bernie at four, just and I'd put Booker at five. Um,
1: there it is. That's good. That, no, that 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 shows more commitment than I had. Well.
0: This is. We'll see. You know. Well, maybe we can do this like on a a, a daily basis. <laughs> well, da- no, daily... no,
2: that's just having having watched the two yeah. debates and. The, no, both. The, I the think pow- both of you make a pretty pow- good case. No, so. no, and they, they, they could. Um, uh, I can see the case for Warren, number one. You know, because that's that. Hers was a cleaner debate. Um, she and she and Booker. You you know were clearly the two people and and. It
0: is, Castro.
2: Well, no, Castro. I I, I didn't you know, look. Commonwealth Magazine has a piece today saying that hey, the the Austin Boston axis is back. He'll be castro will be <laughs> oh, i didn't Warren's even know vice. that there was a oh, austin the war, boston the castro team. ticket yeah the warren castro she sent him that message
0: saying yeah, great job The war,
2: warren castro <laughs> ticket i and think
0: the, gbh should send me down to uh down to texas yeah
2: to the whatever. austin boston so yeah you know uh that's a nice conceit we can have some fun with that actually we um, should go on a podcast road trip peter Podcast road trip, yeah. All
0: right, well, let's leave it there because the hour is late and I think we're all running on fumes. But Peter Kadzis, thanks as always for doing this. And Paul Singer, thanks
1: for taking part. It is my honor and privilege to be part of it. Thank you very much. Take care, folks.
0: And thanks to all of you for taking the time to listen. Subscribe to us if you haven't already. Rate us. We got no production help from our crack team this week because <laughs> it's late late at night. So any P-Pops or uh, Sibilance, that kind of thing, It's all my fault. Uh, You can find Peter on Twitter. He's at what? What's your uh,
1: Twitter handle? At Singer News.
0: At Singer News. I'm at Riley Adam, and I am Adam Riley, and The Scrum is a production of WGBH News.